You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Jonathan Casella. Jonathan, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Jonathan, we're going to talk about your show, Double Star at Harper's Chelsea. It's, it's running now. We're talking on March 1st, and it's running into the 11th, so uh, people who are listening can learn more at the links here or, or see it if they hear this in time. One more week. Um, one more week, exactly. So, so let's talk about the title, Double Star. I want to get into the individual works here, but the, the, yeah. the title is kind of curious, right? It, it sounds almost like, a, like an omen. Yeah, uh, you know, I, to me it kind of sounds like an old sci-fi movie almost. Like it's, a, it's, it's unnatural. Uh, but it is, it's literally, the paintings are literally double stars. So it's, um, it's a five-pointed star upright and then overlaid is a five-pointed star inverted. And that's where the shape comes from. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's very literal, right? And, and so all the paintings in the show are are versions of this double star, and these are these are big canvases, um, right? They're like six by five feet, so and, and yeah. vertical. So so this symbol is is potent, right? It's it's the one that's running through this. I mean, when I look at a double star, right now I see that like there's a, a sci-fi thing there, but it is a it is a symbol, almost like a, like a national symbol. Or a, is that how you read it as a kind of sci-fi symbol, like a symbol of a nation or uh, tribe or something? N- not uh, not to the extent. Like I, I don't want to give it a uh, full identity that way. But when I was kind of developing the vessel or like the shape as it is, it. Um, you know, it kind of came of this thing where it became its own, like, life form. Like, uh, it doesn't exist. Like, it's not a natural shape. I mean, maybe it is, but not that I've seen. <laughs> um, and, you know, from that, they kind of have their own personality. Like, I kind of see them as shapes, as creatures, maybe, you know? Like, they have, each painting has its own personality and... uh yeah, I don't know. I I see them as shapes, but then I kind of just see them as these like things too. So let's talk about if that these things because yeah, yeah, that answers it because I mean now we're getting into like a little bit of a narrative. So these are they have personalities. I mean, right? We're we're looking at a symbol, but you're talking about personalities, and and maybe that's a good way to go because the paintings are kind of talking to each other, right? That's that's sometimes what people talk about are the paintings talking to each other, and if they're personalities. This is a bit like a room full of of people, or is that going too far? No, I you know I I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're people, but specifically Harper's show, uh, I wanted to see these paintings. Up until this point, they were kind of maxed out at like sixty inches, which is it's not like as human size as I wanted it. You know, like when you look at them, they're big, they're loud at that size, but they're not, you don't engage with them as you would like uh, a person or, you know, some, a, a monolith if it was bigger. So these at Harper's right now are kind of, to me, the definitive size. And when I was making them, the thought is that 
there is this engagement of when you view them at this scale, you approach them and interact with them as if they were another entity almost. Um, but individually, for me, uh, the work is they are just vessels uh, to uh, – what's the word I'm thinking of? They are vessels to kind of move the permutations of color, rhythm, and my visual lexicon. So in that, you know, they're kind of the, they're the same, but they're different. And I think in that, that's where the personality comes from. But I, I don't, you know, I don't see them as portraits or as like, right. as things in that sense where you would give them a personality. I think they just develop personalities. Right. I mean, they have some distinct names here. And, and so yeah, these these paintings are like full of life and, and energy and excitement and, and, and movement, almost almost like a, a dance, it seems to me. Um, yeah. One of them is called Double Star, and they have these kind of interesting, you know, parenthetical titles, right? So one is called Double Star and then um, like an acronym ABB Super Boomy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, 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 that's obviously kind of... Your own, your own kind of reference, right? That that would that's nothing the audience would pick up directly from seeing it, right? That sounds like it's referred to something personal. Yeah. So uh, initially through the project, I was just titling them um, sequentially uh, with the date and the the titles up until this body of work look very. I mean. I guess to go with theme with the science fiction thing, they look almost scientific. There's a lot of Roman numerals, numbers, and they just look like archivist notes almost. And with these, as I've kind of grown the body, you know, there is, you know, I, there is a personality with them. They're like, I'll make them individually. Like I, I make them one at a time and so to title these, you know, I, I wanted them to, they are double star, like that's definitive. Uh, but I wanted to kind of like footnote something that kind of I'm bringing to it. Because, you know, double star, you see it, it is double star. I kind of, the goal is for you, the viewer, to have the relationship to it um, void of mine. You know, like I, I want your uh, association and what you bring to it with color and pattern, you know. Uh, so specifically with this body of work, ABB, uh, I painted the first one, I think it was almost a year now when Harper opened the LA space, and it was in a group show, and we had been planning this show. And in my head, I wanted to call this show a bigger bang. Um, that over the year kind of just like got a little cringe. <laughs> like it's just corny. Like I don't even know what I was thinking. But uh, but because of that, you know, a year in time, I wanted that piece to be associated with this body also. So that title stayed. So that's ABB. And then the the words next to it are just kind of associative to, you know, what I was thinking. Like, uh, I mean, there's one like, Super booming is kind of like a reference to that rap producer Metro Boomin. Do you know him? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I was just trying to think of, like, who was, I don't know, like, that vibe, the super booming. Uh, there's one that's, like, uh, ABB Emma Klein, and I was reading Emma Klein at the time, and I just felt like the brown in that piece was, like, that was her. Uh, well, that piece sorry, also has a word a in long it, too, doesn't it? No, that's okay. That? That's good. That 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 um, you know, double star Emma Klein also has, uh, as opposed to the others, more letters at the top. It's it's your name, isn't it? At the top, Casella, that's written on yeah. the brown. Yeah, that's man. different than the rest. Yeah, right. I uh, I try to mix it in. You know, like I don't want to go too hard. Like it's not all about me, but. Um, I try to mix a signature in at least one of a show, maybe two, um, just as like, you know, the work's tricky. The way I paint is tricky because I feel like once you put in, I mean, maybe that's of everything. Once you fit in like words and stuff, it becomes didactic. But with my name, I just started like, like I wanted to sign the paintings I didn't know how to do it, so I was like, oh, I'll just do it really big so that it camouflages into the geometry, kind of. Like, my last name has a lot of really good shapes in it. Um, so I, that's where it came from. So that, unfortunately, Emma Klein got the um, the name in it, <laughs> I guess. And I, like and I I like that. I mean, it also references, you know, I mean, you're, these paintings are, are super colorful and you know, and, and involve patterning. And so, you know, referencing like the history of a variety of painters from like Motherwell is what comes to mind when I think of like a big signature on a painting, but also, you know, you're, you're evolving a number of abstract um, histories, right? There's, you know, color field painting, there's, you know, geometric painting, but then some of this isn't geometric. Some of this is very soft, looks almost like spray paint. And so, you know, if we can talk a little bit about like, like the formal aspect of like what happens when you see this, because they're almost yeah. like, a, I don't want to say op art, but something's happening here with color, right? The, the viewer is having an experience with color, you know, uh, um, maybe almost like, like Matisse's jazz series, but, but it could be with Albers or so many other people or even Ed Reinhardt. There's like, there's something happening here that's your own, but it's also, uh, a complete immersion in, in color itself, right? Since there isn't the typical like, narrative here, or not that that's typical, but there isn't a specific narrative. Isn't that part of what's happening? It's almost like an energetic exchange. When I look at these, it feels totally. like tremendous movement, and that's that's transferred to the viewer somehow, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. Uh, I I totally hear you with that. I, I mean, it's almost like a like, dance. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but go on. But I, I just mean, like, how does the, because no, as a painter, just like Ed Reinhardt or, or Albers or other people are involved in this, sometimes spiritual dimension or philosophical dimension. Yeah. Like, something's happening there that's like neurological and, 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 and maybe philosophical. But if we're not going too much into the weeds, yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, we, could, we could probably talk for hours about that. I like where do i come from with this like uh i would probably be more of like 
Klein, Franz Klein, then Motherwell, like, and I'm thinking of his, like, you know, he did that, like, departure, I think it was, like, in the 50s into, like, color. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, Franz yeah. Klein had these, like, color, they're insane. They're so good. Um, like, that's what I kind of think of in that kind of, like, if we want to start a lineage, but really, man, what what I really love, and I think I'm probably like one of like 50 people that like this body of work, but it is Frank Stella from like the 80s and early 90s. Like those paintings to me rip. Like all of the mixed media, like uh, honeycomb aluminum things, those right. paintings are so good. And historically, it's like you have this guy that like, you know, he had like a get a hit song in the 60s you know those the black paintings and then those kind of evolved to the protractor things and then this dude just went like bozo mode and made these like crazy combine things you know they're super formal they're super um researched i mean he's like a heady dude i think he was making those with the um working space essay i think that's the work but uh, yeah, that, that is know, it. That's the one where, like, you see a sculpture going like through the floor of his studio. Like the scale is just—he's bursting out of his studio. I think that's it. Working space yeah. for the cover of it, if, if I remember, it's like his studio is already huge. But then this work that you're talking about on that honeycombed aluminum—you know—it's not only bursting in every direction. It's yeah, it's going through the floor. It looks like he cut a hole in his floor or something yeah, crazy like that, right? It's the work is just it's so monumental, so crazy, and he is somehow able to make a fully maximalist like vision, and somehow it's still fully legible and digestible. I mean, to me, it's digestible. Um, that work is you know that's like that's what I'm after. I'm chasing whatever. Frank was having that day. Uh, well, that's with a the tremendous rhythm. amount of energy, right? Yeah, that kind of work just seemed like the kind of energy, and especially you referencing that working space book, if that was the title, it's energy that's, that's, that almost can't be contained by the studio, the canvas, or the work. Totally. And, you know, I working space, I think a lot of people, like, get really into that, and it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, it's probably been about 15 years since I read through it, but I think with the color, I, you know, I want to say maybe that he and I, like, I'm coming from a similar place where color to me is like, that. that is like the universal language. You know, like every single person on earth that can see color uh, can associate with it and, you know, can jive with color. And from that, you know, the goal is to how much color can you put on a plane to where it's legible at the same time. And then from that, to make it even more legible, uh, working tonally light and dark instead of by hue alone, if I'm getting the words right. Uh, and I think Frank Stella in that is kind of doing the same thing, you know, like, Fluorescent pink is, um, you know, tonally it is, it's an avenue that you can take out of just 
paring down magenta or something, you know, or like, you know, fluorescent yellow to citrone is, you know, that's going to like make your cad yellow look a little darker and different. And I think uh, kind of playing in that realm is, uh, is fun. It's interesting. Well, that's really like color field study too, like, like Albers, right? Where you get these kind of illusions, what's happening, how colors next to each other totally. start shifting everything. Um, I mean, you know, for me, that was one of my seminal experiences with art as a kid seeing, you know, an Albers and realizing like the colors are changing on here, you know, at the edges, there's, there's a, that there's almost uh, kind of this optical illusions taking place to some extent, right? Totally, man. Uh, Albers, like the, it, you know, it would be interesting. I, I'm sure this exists. Yeah, that was the homage to the square. See, that was what I was thinking, yeah. Homage to the square, like to see what, um, like what the colors were that he started with, you know, because like you get them all three together and they change from center to the border. But I, I would wonder what they would look like just out of the tube, you know? Like he was, that was like his thing, right? It was like just tubed paint. It was kind of like a ready-made thing. I could be wrong with that. Yeah. But somehow he got his, yeah, specific colors, it, it seems. Yeah. But, man, I, yeah, I, I love that. You know, color, you know, color is just like special. Like I know that sounds like, corny and hokey but like it is such a like magical special thing like once you start playing with it and like you know like i don't know if this is the avenue but part of the reason why i use and i'm interested in acrylic paint is because like that's that's what you get you know like it's you know, a good acrylic paint, there's no real deviation. Like, you're just kind of painting with the color, you know. And once it dries, that's it. And I'm not, like, a skilled oil painter by any means, but from what I've experienced, oil paint is so finicky. You know, it's there's not that, like, directness that you get with acrylic paint. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm painting with color. Like, when when it's oil paint, I feel like I'm painting with oil paint. That is the color that I might want, if that makes sense. That does make sense, right? Whereas uh, acrylic paint, yeah, you're you're getting this this uh, this pure color right it's out of so the, out of the pure color. Too. It's so satisfying, man. You mix it, you mix it, and it's ready to go. And then in 15 minutes, it's dry. You know, it's it is like it's so cool, acrylic paint. I love it. Well, these are beautiful, beautiful paintings. I mean, I imagine also talking about some of the colors that you just mentioned, you know, this kind of hot pink or others, you know, it seems that when you're using this kind of a palette, which we're not used to seeing typically in paintings, it also, I mean, this is my experience, changes the viewer's way of perceiving the world to some extent. Like, we're attracted to the colors we're attracted to, but by you making these paintings and the viewer seeing these colors and being attracted to them because of the composition I mean, maybe I'm going too far here but I think that sort of expands your visual world a little bit um, doesn't it you're yeah. literally sort of teaching I, something dude I, I would hope so uh, you know the I, I mean exactly like I, I was telling Harper when we were installing the show that like I wish we had more colors you know like we can only see the spectrum that we're in, I mean, how insane would it be if you could just, like, 
pop in a new rod in your eye or something and just there was like another color you know so like just just by experiencing like you know hotter colors neons whatever uh to me that's kind of like juicing the spectrum a little bit uh i mean that that's why i use neons it's 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 like you know all neon is like kind of gross and like like um a bit much but mixing in neon with just kind of you know like cat orange or like a cerulean blue that neon's gonna like bring everything to to a different rate you know it's like it's like talking extra fast or something right I mean, right yeah yeah, I don't, yeah no but it's yeah you know, i wish we had more colors you know and uh sadly it seems like the only you know it's like they invented that new black that like uh yeah, oh, Anish Kapoor created Anish black Kapoor. Kapoor. yeah yeah <laughs> right, right, right. Dude, yeah. i know i mean like I, it would just be so cool if they invented like uh a new color i would love that yeah that would be cool jonathan it's so great to, to talk about that as this kind of open-ended ending to this uh to this talk, um, yeah. So man. I want to wish you well on, on this show. I, I want to ask you one more question, which is, yeah. uh, what are you reading at the moment? It's a, it's off topic, but I'm always curious. Yeah. So I, uh, I just cracked open uh, Peter Haley's essays. Is it Haley or Haley? I I don't know. I've never. I don't know. Well, well, one of them, yeah, but the Neo Geo painter, or however he was. Yes, him. Uh, I was reading some of his essays specifically on color, and uh, from like '91, like it, they they aged great. Like that, you're they're still readable. They're still contemporary. Uh, That guy's a great writer. Um, And then I was reading simultaneously. the I read the first three essays in Pirates and Farmers, the Dave Hickey book, and then I just finished Patricia Lockwood's. Oh, what's it called? No one's talking about this or something. Fiction. That's really good. She's a great writer. Well, and thanks, thanks, Jonathan, for the show. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me today about this, and I want to wish you well the rest of it. There's a week left, and hopefully, people can see it if they. Have, uh, are in the area and it's and it's before March yeah. 11th. Um, otherwise, the you can see it day or night. Somewhere. Harper keeps the lights on, so you can go at night. Oh, nice! Right, they have the beautiful, beautiful glass um, storefront. Well, Jonathan, thanks yeah, so much. It. Appreciate your time and thanks for talking with me today. Dude, thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.